the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. If it is Wednesday, we check in with our congressman, David Schweikert. Hi, David. How are you, sir? Very well. And if you hear honking, I'm standing outside of a building. I have to go in and give a presentation in a couple moments. <laughs> but, but I wanted to call first. I, I like it. I like it. What are you giving a presentation on? Anything you can share with the uh, audience? Uh, it, it's just it's actually on Medicare finance. So okay. it's not anything anyone... Other than if you care about what's about to happen to the debt you care about. Yeah, I've seen you do presentations on it. I was in a room, or really a yard, with you back before the weather turned on us some months back. You had you had about 200 people wrapped. You make it actually interesting. It's a compliment to you, well, but let's it's not... A, it's a big deal because it's, yeah. it's the primary driver of U.S. debt. You want to say a word so. or two on it to warm up your speech? Not really. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. We'll just have other people invite you. No problem. Uh, David, are we worried about the president of the United States today speaking of the climate change as an emergency and in a national emergency? Do do we have to worry about fears that we take us back to other concerns when COVID was an emergency and the no, kinds no, of things so that once, were done during COVID? Okay, once again, why do the Democrats do this? It's where their base is. They're having a crisis. Their activists are not happy with the president. They they haven't been getting their payoff. They haven't been getting what they expected. Um, the president is playing. It's it's pure politics. They got to get their folks excited. And what you were seeing today wasn't about real big boy policy because much of what he talked about he can't do. It was basically pandering to the people that write checks to Democrats. But. Yes, I think you're right about that. And I think they need those people and they certainly need their base really badly going into. And they need their money. Yeah. And they they need their money and they need their, their, their base. And there's some Venn diagrams there, of course. But if I'm. An average independent, are are they giving up on independence? Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking as a friend of mine texted me when I was talking about it earlier, that this seems like an awfully big cannon to fire right before an election. No, um, because they're trying to – they've given up, I think, on the House. Okay. I think they understand they're going to get wiped out in the House. Okay. Um, I think they're trying to find a way to build enough excitement to maintain the Senate. Okay. And so if you think about a couple of the Senate seats that may be in play, um, everything. And you're going to see crazy bills, crazy votes coming at all of us um, over the next couple months because – they, they need something to run on. They can't run on the economy. They can't run on the fact that you know, the world is healthier, safer, anything. Everything they've touched is crap. So what do they do? they got to find um, hysteria. I mean, so like last night, they put a gay marriage vote on the floor. It pure theater. Um, you know, it, it, the courts have already done what the courts have done. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you. I'm glad you yep. brought that up. To say what you want to say, mean, I want to. I have a question about that. Go ahead. Yeah. But, but it, 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 you, at some point, 
you know, you're looking up going, oh, come on. You know, and, and oddly enough, the calls to our office have been amazing. Um, you know, I voted against it, uh, but people calling and saying, you know, well, we understand this was just a theatrical setup vote. This is this is really important to understand that there was no need for this. The Supreme Court has weighed in on this issue. Right, David? I mean, this is merely well, and, and, virtue. And signaling. there's other mechanics. Right. No, it, it was it was it was it's not even virtue. OK, this is just trying to create wedges out. There. OK, OK. Um, our, our fundraising. Remember, you know, it's always about the money or then the wedge. It is interesting, and and you you get this firsthand because you're out on the uh, doing these kinds of these kinds of speeches around the community when you're when you're not in D.C. It is interesting. I was talking about this yesterday. What the media cares about, what the Democrats care about, and that's a huge shadowing in the Venn diagram. And what the polls are showing most Americans care about. It's a big difference, isn't it? I mean, the yep. the New York Times is on LGBTQ rights and the climate. And we're really about a lot of other things that affect us on a daily but, basis, aren't we? But one of our one of our sins as conservatives is we often don't take a step backwards and understand who's financing okay. the Democrat Party, unions, trial the trial bar, um, and some of these activist groups are the ones who not only write checks to Democrats but they fund a lot of these left wing groups. So you get someone that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars they write a few million dollar checks to one of these super PACs and the left dances to whatever that super PAC demands okay all right so so and i know it's complex but it's one of our great sins is we think this is about policy it's about policy is secondary to the power to winning david um speaking of that and what people are feeling every single day. And because we can't do a segment, you and I, without geeking out just a little bit, uh, there's a piece that really took me back in the Wall Street Journal. The headline is in- Interest Rate Pain from Higher inf- Inflation Has Barely Begun. In other words, from what we're feeling and what you've been tweeting about and talking about with, with regard to inflation, this article is imparting that we may not even be feeling the worst of it yet. Um, yeah, and your point is what? I mean, the fact of the matter is that we're, what's happened with inflation this last year will be part of what we deal with in society for decades. It's going to change the COLAs and pensions. It's going to create unfunded liabilities beyond what you can think. It, it's going to change the basic pricing. It, it's healthcare. You know, we haven't. We're just now starting to see the pricing of healthcare start to explode. As a, as, as, as sort of think of the slinky effect, it's now just catching up. So the fact of the matter is, um, there's still a hell of a lot of pain. And every day that Congress, the president, don't get off their high knees and actually take on inflation, you have years more of suffering coming. We we talked last week about how the House is ru- run and ruled by different uh, different orders rules uh, than the Senate. House, we get back. God please, if we get the House back, God please. Um, can we do anything with just the House? We kind of need on this front, on the inflation front. I, I suppose hearings and exposure. And this is okay. And this can be a little mean. It's okay. And this for everyone that's listening that actually cares about saving the republic. 
you're going to have to become a tough SOB. Okay. And this is not just having your elected officials willing to be tough. You can't go into meltdown, emotional panic mode when the president says, well, I'm not going to sign that bill. It doesn't have what I demand. I'm going to shut the, let the government shut down. It's these evil Republicans in the House that won't give me what I want. We're going to shut the government down. When we went through this with Obama, it was stunning the number of people who would call our office and say, I'm a Republican, but I'm being told I might not get my check on time. Give in. Just give them what they want. If we're going to save the republic, the founders gave us two things in the House, the power of oversight and the power of the budget. If you're not willing to use those two things, don't elect Republicans. We're going to have to be tough. We're going to have to use that leverage of the first. David, thank you. Thank you. I know you have a speech to go to, so I'll let you get yeah. to it. Go get them. Go and help them. Forgive me. Em. i got to walk in. They're staring at me right now. Oh, <laughs> tell them you were talking to me and uh, that I All gave right. you a free pass, a little visa here. Thank you, David Schweiker. God bless you and Godspeed. We'll check in with you next week. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Portions of the show brought to you by the good people at Y Refi. If you are interested in a unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, we're talking up to 10.25% return, fixed, no load, and a secure collateralized portfolio. Check out my friends at investyrefi.com. Investors do well by doing really good and you can check them out at investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Every radio host has a uh, few calls a few moments that they'll remember in their career history that they'll just never forget. And uh, I've been doing this how long, Bill? 18 years between D.C. and here? And uh, the one there's several I'll never forget from D.C. because when you're doing <laughs> 6 in the morning and uh, you're doing that on uh, East Coast time every day, that means you're in the studio at 4. You can't help but have a lot of memorable moments. But here, one of them was the woman that song for those who didn't hear the music, smart woman in a real short skirt calling in. I don't know if we could even find that. She called in one day and said, I'm the girl, I'm the smart woman Jimmy Buffett wrote that song about. She lived here in Phoenix or lives here in Phoenix. And it just, it, it was one of the best days. It was one of the best days and I'll never forget it. Okay, things not to forget as I was talking about. Things we shan't forget. What they did to us during COVID because that's coming back and we'll get to that in a moment from San Diego to New York. I mean, when you have California New York coming down again on COVID, you know that uh, the meat in the middle can't be far behind and there's a lot lot of states that want to be part of that. You know, a lot of states. Certainly, hopefully not Arizona, but you know, we're not immune from the crazy. We're not immune from it. So, yeah, just because what's happening uh, in New York or California or Michigan or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, we are still the United States of America. We are still a union, and uh, it, 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 the temptations will affect us here, can affect us here, have affected us here. So we want to stay on top of that. But the BLM thing, the Black Lives Matter thing, if you think that's gone away, it hasn't. In the New York Post, Portland camp imagines life without cops, features BLM 
coloring book. A far left volunteer group in Portland, Oregon. I, I you know, I'm not going to go with this. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to correct it. It's not a far left volunteer group in Portland. It's a volunteer group in Portland that's left wing. Got left wing or liberal volunteer group in Portland is offering quote a free radical social justice camp close quote that has promoted Black Lives Matter material, taught indigenous land maps, and called for the abolishment of police in past summers. Now, I'm not opposed to indigenous peoples and understanding, obviously, their lives, their cultures, their history. But if you are teaching that that's what the map of the United States should be is, uh, you're, you're, you're teaching junk thought and rot. It's not going to be, and it isn't. It's not going to be, and it isn't. Budding Roses is hosting the two-week camp that will explore social, quote, social justice issues, youth leadership, and arts activism for kids in fourth through eighth grades from July 25th to August 5th. The previous two years were held virtually, don't you know, as youngsters discussed race, gender, and youth activism all surrounding the killing of George Floyd. The group's curriculum for the coming session is, is, uh, is, is hyperlinked in the story at the New York Post. Camp curriculum featured a Black Lives Matter at school coloring book and what a police what is police abolition. Um, this was kind of the point I was trying to make with David in the previous segment, and um, he and I might debate this all day long. And I don't know if I'm right or he's right. He 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 probably is, but I think it's right to be concerned and thinking about what it says about a political movement that is so divorced from where the American people are, the mindset is, that they are so ardent, so idiot fixed on pushing the farthest socialist-slash-Marxist agenda on our youth as we have been pushing back against that victoriously time and time again, as Florida did, as Virginia did, even as you saw happen a little bit, a little bit, more than nothing, not everything, more than nothing in San Francisco with their recall of the school board members who wanted to keep their schools closed despite every indicia that they should be opened. You have to wonder about a movement that is so so dedicated, so thermotically dedicated to pushing against what the rest of the country wants and is. You have to wonder, why do you have to wonder? Because yesterday's far left group or far left idea or far left moment is tomorrow's Democratic Party platform. It happens time and time again. I give you the Joe Biden presidency. Again, I'll say it. If you think that, you know, you got something better or more moderate than Bernie Sanders, you tell me what Bernie Sanders would do differently than Joe Biden is doing, with the exception of completing his sentences and not broadcasting to the country that he has cancer um, when he doesn't. I mean, I'm assuming Joe Biden doesn't have cancer. If you missed that, did you catch that earlier? Sorry for the diversion, but did you catch that audio earlier? This is this is your president um, earlier today. He um, he he said at the speech where he declared an emergency over the climate. He said this. Jim McCarthy, a former regulator in Massachusetts, was telling me on the way up. Our folks used to get a rag out and wipe the gunk off of their car's windshield in the morning just to be able to drive. Not very much unlike where I grew up in a place called Claymont, Delaware. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. 
you've had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And that is what the president of the United Now, that's not something that, that that's the difference between a Bernie Sanders presidency and a Joe Biden presidency. Bernie Sanders doesn't make those kinds of mistakes. And of course, as I was uh, mentioning earlier, the tweet of the day is, you know, things have gotten terrible when the president of the United States says out loud that he has cancer and everyone responds by saying, oh, that's probably just his dementia. Yeah, we are we are we are in the soup when those are the two options. He either has cancer, which would be a real constitutional crisis, or he probably has, uh, you know, uh, some kind of mental incapacity at, at a minimum. At, to put it no higher, some kind of mental diminish, diminution at a minimum, to put it no higher, and this country's okay with it. That's a constitutional crisis itself. But let me not, uh, let me not uh, move too far from the main point, which is today's leftist dogma is tomorrow's Democratic Party platform. It happens again and again and again, and I'll give you the BLM movement. I'll give it to you. It, it's right there. I mean, how many people uh, genuflected uh, because they felt they have to, had to, before a self-declared Marxist organization. A lot of people got whipped up in it, and I have to tell you, too bad. Sad to say, a lot of Republicans did too. A lot of Republicans, and not just Mitt Romney, not just Mitt Romney, who famously did so. A lot of our military did it, a lot of our law enforcement did it, until, oops, Boomerang realized, oh, wait, these guys don't want us to kneel before them. They want us dead. Yes, they do. It's right out of James Bond. It's right out of Goldfinger. Anyway, we'll connect the dots on the rising BLM movement and today's politics when we come right back. Dan Henninger has a really good piece on it I want to explore with you. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing, CoolTouch.us, CoolTouch.us, or CoolTouchAC.com, however you want to get there. Their phone number is 623-748-4942, The only company I use, my friends have used them, I love them. You will notice it's just different when you call them. They're there not only 24-7, they don't only do what they say and say what they'll do. But I just don't think you've ever had customer service like that. I can't think of a company I've had such good customer service with as I have with Cool Touch. For all your air conditioning and plumbing needs, we'll talk about the heating come what? December, maybe, if we ever get out of this. You probably don't have heating needs right now. But if you have anything you need air conditioning or plumbing help with, including inspection, including repair, replacement, you name it, give Cool Touch a call. Make sure and tell them I sent you. So this back to this notion of an emergency, a climate emergency that your president, our president of the United States uh, mentioned today in a speech. I was I was thinking about the, the state of crisis we're always put in. And, and this has been a, a regular theme on this show for for some years now, because that is what the left wants us in. They want us in a highly electrified, highly charged state of anxiety. That's why we go and are pushed from crisis to crisis. I, I, I've often said we're meant to be jumping from lily pad to lily pad, never really solving or, or, or dealing with the one that dr- dr- drains all our, all our blood and sweat and tears, uh, never, never really dealing with it before we're on to the next one. It's, crisis, is, crisis is the tool of the left, the better to engage in uh, 
any any kind of overthrow, any kind of fundamental transformation, uh, what we used to call a revolution, even if it's done through peaceful means. But any revolutionary will have its non-peaceful adjuncts. Of course, you know, any political revolutionary who wants to engage in peaceful means will have its it's uh, non-peaceful, non-peaceful adjuncts. I give you Antifa and the BLM movement. Why, why do you think the Democratic Party just doesn't denounce them? Why do you think the Democratic Party does not denounce protesters breaking the law in front of a Supreme Court justice's house? Why do you think the president, the vice president, uh, the speaker of the House, uh, the head of the Senate, Chuck Schumer, um, president of the Senate, why do you think none of them can even mention that Brett Kavanaugh was targeted for an assassination. I mean, because, because, because of the wonderful things those adjuncts do, if I can play off the song about the wizard. They all need them. They all need them and they all have them. And they have them in vast, vast greater numbers and vast greater credibility, vast greater credibility than I have ever seen. This is how you know we're dealing with a different Democratic Party than we used to. Joe Biden likes to say this isn't your father's or grandfather's Republican Party. He's wrong about that in so many decisive respects. He's wrong about that. How, how, how are any of the policies we talk about with the, with, the, with the necessary updates, what we say in Latin, mutatis mutandis, with the necessary updates, how is anything, for example, that Donald Trump uh, stood for and stands for anything different than what, you know, Barry Goldwater stood for in, in his 1964 campaign or in his book or what Ronald Reagan talked about. It's it's all of a piece within, you know, within about a 99 percentile margin of differences, one uh, percent margin of differences, about 99 percent agreement. The left, the Democratic Party, here's how you know it's different. In the 60s and 70s, yeah, we, we had a lot of violence in this country, a lot of left-wing violence. We, of course, had Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn and the Weather Underground, and you had the Black Panther movement, and you had the riots throughout the, throughout the main cities in America. The changed cities, you know, some of these cities never recover, recovered from those, from those riots. Are you aware of that? I mean, there are parts of Detroit. Massive part, maybe one, maybe even all of Detroit in some arc, in some sense. There are parts of Washington, D.C., Ward 8 and other parts that have never recovered, never recovered from those riots of the of, of 50 years ago. But the difference between today and then, the difference between today and then, the Democratic Party wanted nothing to do with it. Nothing. They denounced it. Even your George McGovern's. Even your Ted Kennedys, the leadership of the – your Thomas Eagleton's, your Sergeant Shriver, you think about the mainstays of the Democratic Party. They wanted nothing to do with those guys, nothing whatsoever, and they couldn't rush fast enough to denounce them. Today's Democratic Party can't run fast enough to embrace them. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I love how he hits those consonants. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know who hit consonants great? Who did a great job of hitting the consonants really hard? Rush Limbaugh. You listen to his speech, he was so clear, so clear. Miss that, man. Miss that broadcast. Miss that brain. I am Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960. Felix Frankfurter's wife said about him, Justice Frankfurter's wife said about him, he makes two mistakes when he speaks. He deviates from his text and then he returns to it. I hope I hope that will be said about me, but I did deviate from what I was trying to get to in Dan Henninger's column in the Wall Street Journal. 
about this uh, excited state of anxiety we are constantly uh, put in. And it's something we've, as I said, talked about a lot here. Anxiety is not a normal state uh, for the human condition any more than shutdowns and lockdowns are. That, that, that shutdowns and lockdowns, you want to know why we, why we have such an accelerated mental health crisis? You cannot ignore what we did to ourselves during COVID. You, you simply cannot ignore it. You cannot treat normal people like uh, in, and put them in the in the condition that you would typically put for punishment or prisoners, or, and you can't you can't put the fear of heck. Can I can I go further than heck? You, you know what I'm trying to say. You can't put the fear of 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 Hades into children, into children, and and expect them all to just be okay after you've also at the same time disrupted everything they know as normal, including their education and social lives, and the fact that they might be. Uh, responsible for killing other children or their parents or their grandparents. You can't do that and expect everything to just be normal and turn those lights back on. You can't do it. We are not meant to live in a heightened state of anxiety, but that is what the left wants us in so much easier. I mean, this is all covered. People ask, where did this come from? People talk about what the original roots of this are. How did we get to this point? It's all in the manifesto. It's all there. Why do you think the BLM's uh, founders say they were trained Marxists? Um, there's a lot of other great books on it. Yes, don't get me wrong on, on, on that. Much more modern, much more contemporary. But at base and foundation, we can, we can do classes on Marxism here if you want, specifically the Communist Manifesto. That's where they got the notion of disrupting the traditional family. Chapter 2, Communist Manifesto. You have to vanish the traditional family. Anyway, um, the constant state of anxiety that uh, we are put in. Dan Henninger writes, the Floyd protests appear to have permanently altered the Democratic Party's basic political model, moving it away from traditional legislative politics and toward the uncompromising, often theatrical strategies of activists in the streets. The news has been dominated lately by Democrats raging about the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision on abortion and Senator Joe Manchin's opposition to their climate control agenda. Many are disgusted that President Biden, whom they lump with traditional politicians, won't fight for them and do something to reverse Dobbs and save the planet. Excuse me. One unavoidable detail must be mentioned about American politics from the aftermath of 2020. And that is that the central preoccupation of American politics for the last 18 months or so has been really all around Joe Manchin's denial of the votes Democrats need to enact their spending and climate policies. Yes, Kirsten Sinema has also opposed much of the party's agenda, but Manchin has inspired the melodrama and party rage. Henninger's right about that. Do you guys remember Robert Reich? Robert Reich, before he was Bill Clinton's Secretary of Labor, was a pretty prominent author on the left and writing for what was then a liberal magazine. I don't know if it still exists or if it's still liberal. If it's not liberal, it's left, and I'm assuming it isn't liberal, and it is left if it still exists. But Robert Weiss was a professor at Harvard. He became Bill Clinton's labor secretary, and he just put out a statement that Joe Manchin needs to be removed from the Democratic caucus. At a minimum, his chairmanships need to be taken away. You can't exist. They don't want you to exist. They are regimented martinets who have one ideology. Think about how they there used there used to be there used to be a pro life segment of the Democratic Party 
in fact, there were parts of the Demo- – I mean for, for, a, for a very short time, the Democratic Party might have arguably been considered more pro-life than the Republican Party. That short period of time would have been 1976 when Jimmy Carter ran for president. Jimmy Carter was effectively running as a pro-life candidate. Uh, and uh, Jerry Ford, people may forget this, was really milquetoast on this, and Betty Ford did the talking on it. Um, and Jerry Falwell and his movement that ultimately would become the moral majority, those guys were back in Jimmy Carter in the year of the evangelical. They were back in Jimmy Carter. Remember uh, someone uh, thrust in New Hampshire a, a copy of Chuck Colson's book, Born Again, into Jimmy Carter's kind of yeah, thrust it into his face in, in 76 when he was campaigning in New Hampshire and uh, asked Jimmy Carter if he was born again because he was uh, from an evangelical family. And Jimmy Carter said, yes, I am. And that 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 I don't know how many votes that was worth, but a lot, a lot. Uh, my only point is that's another movement. The Democratic Party has shifted and there were pro-lifers in it for a while, even during the Reagan 80s and 90s. There were pro-lifers in the Democratic Party. Joe Biden himself, as a senator, voted to, get, voted to ban partial birth abortion. He changed his vote later, but at one point even he was, you know, on that edge a little bit. Uh, they aren't allowed to speak at the conventions anymore, and you can't find them to speak at the conventions anymore. When they existed, and a few of them wanted to talk at the Democratic Party convention, they wouldn't let them, starting in 2000. And now they just simply don't exist. They chased him out, much like they will do to a Joe Lieberman and what they're trying to do to Joe Manchin. Uh, this, 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 is, this is what you call a party that is not a party so much as it is a rump movement of a revolutionary organization. Honest to gosh, that's what they're doing. When they say they have to remove people because they don't tow every jot and tittle of the line of the Democratic Party— Every jot and tittle. If you don't do it, you're out. I mean, you know, I think the Republican Party could do a lot better about cohesion, but <laughs> we, we, we don't do that. I mean, our conventions, <laughs> any any political convention we have, you can you can rest assured at any given point, 20 to 35 percent of the people in the room are unhappy with the speaker. That's that's the Republican Party for you, for better or for worse. We, we we don't we we don't do we don't do that and 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 nor should we 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 go by the ballot not the bullet here, as uh, as Abraham Lincoln put it. But let me, if I can, go back to uh, Dan Henninger. The post twenty twenty Democratic Party's theory of politics appears to be the system no longer works. So blow up the system by issuing presidential executive orders on climate, education, guns and abortion, ending the legislative filibuster, packing the Supreme Court, suppressing dissent as misinformation and, if necessary, redefining reality, such as the 1619 Project, which rewrote the entire country's history. Yeah, that's Karl Marx, too. How did he put in his notes on Feuerbach? Up until now, the task of the philosopher has been to interpret history. It is now to change it. Yeah, it's all right there. Portions of the show brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies I take every single day. Best product I've ever taken. Honestly, it boosts your energy, your immunity, your health, all natural, all natural, 100%. You can get it at balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. One of the beautiful things about it, it's not going to take you weeks to know it's working. You'll know it's working in a few days. How could you not? Pure, potent plant power. Be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Coming up in the uh, next hour, we're going to do my monologue at the top of the hour. Then we're going to get a visit from uh, my candidate for AG, Abraham Hamaday. Abe Hamaday. Uh, let me just finish off one other index, index, index on, on, on the shift of institutions from liberal to left as we were talking about it. Um, in 1941... 1941, the National Education Association, the teachers union, the largest teachers union, could say this, quote, today the threat to democracy comes from a barbaric banditry marked by cynical duplicity and outrageous violation of the ordinary rules of human decency. Decency. Love that word. Human decency. Human decency went on to say the new threat to freedom comes from ruthless men of force who care nothing for civil liberties and who mock at all appeals to humanity. It's 1941. It's 1941. Sounds like the kind of thing you would get in one of my monologues, quite frankly. (laughs) The NEA today, or I should say two weeks ago, tells us they are, quote, a social justice union that is a majority female and trans and gender nonconforming FOLX who will fight against attacks on members and the reproductive rights of all people who are able to, meaning anyone who can give birth, which isn't just a woman. Do you see the new dictionary of woman, Bill? Do you see the new dictionary definition of woman? Not a man. So, cross-references, you go up and look up man, not a woman. The self-reinforcing loop doesn't get you very far. They've even ruined dictionaries. They even ruined dictionaries. How did Emerson put it? The uh, the uh, fall of language is fall. No, let's see. He the the fall of the fall of man is preceded by the fall of language. The fall of man is is uh, uh, the fall of man is preceded by the fall of language. Yeah, that's 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 what they're doing. Uh, to us, let me uh, let me hit the top of the hour news break. Ask you to stick with us. We've got a big monologue coming up. Uh, I think you're going to like it. I hope you will. And of course, as I say, uh, looks like we're going to be our next attorney general who's taken on the serious issues here. I'm Seth Liebson. Don't go away. We will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 